So we started doing the Reckless Love of God series and it's been amazing. How were you here on Thursday? We started doing that. How was it for you? It was good. It was good. So we're going to dive deeper into that. And we, we started talking about how that God loves us recklessly and that his love is so overwhelming. As a matter of fact, God isn't waiting for you to love him so he can love you. <laughs> Some people get into a relationship. You're waiting for someone to love you before you love them. God isn't waiting for you to love him before he loves you. So God responds to you based on his nature, not your conduct. Are we getting this, okay? I want you to relax. God responds to you not based on your conduct, but based on his nature, and his nature is love. And so I told you that God doesn't have a reason why he loved you, because if he had a reason he loved you, then he found the reason not to love you. Yeah, I'll do that again. God didn't have a reason to love you, because if he had a reason to love you, then he found a reason not to love you. Because if the reason walks away, the love walks away. So what God did then was to make himself the reason why he loved you. Oh, glory to God. So God made himself the reason. So he said, I've loved you with an everlasting love because he is everlasting. And so if he loves you because of who he is, it means his love for you won't change because he doesn't change. Are you getting that now? So you can be rest assured knowing that God's love doesn't fluctuate. Whether you're doing bad, good or wrong, God's love is consistent because he is consistent. So he didn't put his love for you on you. He put his love for you on him. Are you getting this so far? Yeah. So God loves you regardless. God loves you in spite, despite, regardless of you, your flaws, or what you think you can do. So God's love for you is not predicated upon who you are. It's upon who he is. Because if it was about you, you can change tomorrow. And it means that if you change, his love for you might start dwindling. No, but God chose to love you from his personality, from his essence, from his fullness. So all that God you know, does is just love. It's so beautiful that the Bible doesn't say God is um, anything else. It doesn't describe God. Um, yes, he's holy. He's beautiful. He is awesome. But he says God is love. God is love. Of all there is to talk about, he says God is love. God is love. So love is the, if you want to define God, just say love. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? If you want to define God, just say love. So when you say love, you said God. And every time you say God, you say love. Because how we know God is by how he loves. Are you seeing that? How we know God is by how he loves. If you take away love from the picture, God is incomplete. So love is what makes God God. The consistency of his character is found in his loving nature. Do you see that? So uh, God is love. God is love. And if that God who is love now lives in the believer, it means the believer has now become love too. Uh, that's, I'm Russian. <laughs> I'm Russian. So God wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he loves you because if you don't know he loves you, you live like you are, you are, you, you live like you're inferior. You, you live with an inferiority complex. You live looking for validation from people. Mm, for some people who, you know, we touched on these last week. Um, some people who um, maybe father left you, mother left you, and all of that. is always that vacuum. And then you start looking for validation. You start looking for who will complete you. You start looking for something to cling to. Like I said on Thursday, you're living on life support. But God wants you to live on God's support. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? God wants you to live on God's support. Live on love support. Walk away from... Um, people validation. Stop breathing people's oxygen. God is your oxygen. And he's enough. He's more than enough. 
So take your eyes off there and see that God loves you. And for everything that you've lost, for anyone who has left you, for every vacuum that you have, God is able to fill that vacuum with his love. There's a vacuum in man that only God can fill. Money can fill it. Sex can fill it. Relationships can fill it. Only God's love can fill it. And so we saw that Rahab, God entered into her house. But amazingly, her name is space. The name Rahab means space. So God entered her space. <laughs> they sent two spies to Jericho to go and spy Jericho. They said when the two spies got into Jericho, they entered into the house of a harlot called Rahab. Why didn't they go into another house? But God saw some space somewhere and said, guys, let's go feel something. And they walked into her house, filled her space. And the woman who was a Canaanite of Jericho became the grandmother of Jesus. Uh, because God walked into her space. Love walked into her space. When love walks into your space, it changes everything about you. You may not be the one who is deserving, but God, love makes you deserving. He's not looking for the deserving. He's not looking for those who qualify. It is love that qualifies. Are you, are you following me so far? So we, we look at, okay, just a scripture here. So we look at first, first John chapter 4, 16. First John 4, 16. Yeah, and he says, and so we know and rely on the love of God that he has for us. Some people know God's love, but they don't rely on his love. And God wants us to come to the place where we don't just know his love, but we are relying on his love. So we said that your love for God must transition from knowing to reliance. So it's, it's not enough to just know it. You have to come to the place where you're trusting that this man loves me. You're trusting that this man loves me. You're trusting that God can always show up for me. Because when you know God loves you, you can walk through the thickest darkness without fear. Because there's no shadow. He won't light up. So he is the light when you're in the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I preach this today so there's no shadow he won't light up you, you are in the dark but he is the light and so because he is with you in his love he lights up the shadows around you he lights up the shadow around you there's no wall he won't kick down there's a wall of religion that separates you from him but he's kicking the wall down and he's coming to you oh, God feel the anointing already there's no shadow. What is a shadow then? The shadow. Oh God. So the Old Testament is called types and shadows. So Jesus is the light. So he lights up the shadow and brings out the truth. So that he can come to you. Because in the shadow, there's no relationship. Relationship is in the light. And he is the light. Hey guys, are you following me? Uh, there is no relationship in the shadows. They had types and shadows. The old, the old covenant, the Old Testament, they had no relationship. They were trying to get to God. They were offering sacrifices, but there were no relationship. That was a shadow. But Jesus came as the light, lighted up the shadows, brought brightness, and then brought us into relationship. So there's no shadow. He won't light up coming after us. Even the shadow of the Lord. Are you following this? I preach about this on Thursday. Glory to God. So God wants you to know that he loves you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 18 to 19. I'm living Bible. 
And may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should, as a way that you should know, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high His love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. So you must come to the place where you know God's love for yourself. It's not someone explaining God's love for you. So we begin with explaining the love first, and then you come to the place where you now know the love for yourself. Because if you don't know it for yourself, someone can trick you out of it. When you lose something, it feels like God doesn't love you. No, no, no. God's love is not a feeling. It's a knowing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you may not feel his love, but you know he loves you. If someone said something. He said, uh, a man walked into his office one day, and then he had people that was working with him. And then the first person, he said to the person, I love you, and kissed the person. He went to the other person and just shook him and said, hey, what's up, Hafa? And then he got to the last person. He just said, hey, walked away. And... Everybody was like, why did you do that to him? He says, no, this one knows I love him. It doesn't matter if I... This guy does not know, so I have to show it. So as you grow in your... So when you come into the faith, a man of Asker, when you come into the faith, you will have to deal with God's love as a feeling first. So you just got saved. He's doing you totally butterfly in your belly. God's love is not butterflies. So this is the first phase of relationship. You just got into relationship. First week, second week, you're born again, you're speaking in tongues. You just say, Baladaba everywhere is fire. You will now come to that point where you open your mouth to do one devotion. It looks like everywhere is dry. And you're like, where is God's love? There is a phase. God is bringing you to maturity where you are transitioning from feelings to knowing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you can't live on feelings all your life. Feelings can't guarantee you. He's bringing you to knowledge. Because you can't lose knowledge. You can lose feelings, but knowledge stays. As a matter of fact, when you have knowledge, knowledge creates feelings. When you have the knowledge of God's love, it creates the feeling of God's love. But when you have the feeling without the knowledge, you can lose it. So the first, oh, I'm born again, glory to God, speaking tongues, two minutes everywhere, don't catch fire. Three years now, I believe you are struggling to pray for 30 minutes. It looks like there's no goosebumps, nothing. God's love is not goosebumps. You don't have to feel it. So I get into my closet, I'm praying, Devon Neck, Paradinama. It feels like God is far away from me. Listen, when you feel God is far, it's in your consciousness. God is here, God is there, God is with you. It's not, you see, it's a consciousness thing. So as you begin to pray in tongues, as you begin to speak in tongues, the consciousness begins to heighten. That's why we play worship songs. So when you play worship songs, you're, you're doing all of those things, it's heightening the consciousness, the awareness of his presence. It is not giving God the aroma of worship. He's not fragrance to fire. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The essence of these things are to heighten. Listen, one of the things you don't understand is when we come to, I'm going to teach in spirit and truth one of these days. When you come to worship, when you're giving God praise and worship, God is not moved by your praise and worship. If God was moved by praise and worship, God becomes a dummy. You hear what I'm saying? So what praise and worship does, so when people say things like, um, when we praise God, we are praising because he came down. It's not the praise that we bring him down. 
He is down. That's why we are praising. God left his heavenly estate and said, I must come and live in man. Paul says, for this cause, I bow my knees. It's not the bowing of knees that will make him come. He came already. You, you were a sinner when he came. Uh, you didn't deserve his coming. You didn't ask him to come. You didn't pray for him to come. He came by himself. So your asking cannot change it. So he chose to come. So it's not your praises that will not make him move. I've told you, the actions of men cannot trigger the move of God. Are you seeing that now? So it's, God's love is not is self-propelled. It's not your praise and worship that will move him. So when we're praising, what happens is, is you begin to heighten your awareness of his awesomeness. That's why it looks like when you praise, open doors not happen. It's not like when you praise God, not started moving. Mm-mm. When you praised, you became more aware that God is able to do. So the moment you said you understood he's able to do, he created that possibility around you. And you could now receive it. Because listen, what you don't have now is not what God has not given. It's what you have not taken. What you don't have now is not what God has not given. It's what you've not taken. So God is not answering prayers now. People are receiving what he answered. He has given you all things that pertain to life. He's not going to give you. So it's not all this abagabigi, he's not working. You want to move God from his throne. See, when you praise him, he will stand up. Ah, if God stands up from his throne, there's trouble. No, you don't understand. If God stands up from his throne, there's trouble. Do you know why? That he shouldn't stand up because he's sitting down, he's keeping judgment down. Hey. He's sitting down, he's suppressing judgment. Because where he sits is called the seat of mercy. The mercy seat. So God has no business standing up. Because when he hey, Mendo Kombra Dashatiya, he is the high priest that offered the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says when he offered it, he sat down. Why? Because he will not have to offer it again as the high priest used to do. The high priest offered once every year. This one offered once for a lifetime. So if he stands up again, there's another sacrifice. Baba is sitting down forever. His tenure is not four years. It's forever. It's not four years. He's the real Emiloko. He's the real Emiloko. He's the the real one. You get what I'm saying? He is not standing up. He is seated forever. So if he sits forever, you are forgiven forever. You're getting it now. If he stands up, your forgiveness is short. If he stands up, there's no more eternal life. Hey, I don't get it. Eternal life is premised on his sitting. So your praise cannot even he knows, no matter how you praise him, he will not stand. <laughs> he cannot stand. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, oh Jesus, your praise can't move God. He can't. So God, God is bringing us through phases in our relationship with him. So he understands that you're a baby at this phase, you're growing in the faith, so he can deal with your own feelings. 
and you are going to feel the love of God. Oh, it's not romance. But God's love is so sweet. You will come to the place where you know that God loves you even when your bank account is red. Yeah. Now we know you're a mature believer. You see, the reckless love of God does not mean every time, everywhere is good. <clears throat> That's not what it means to be reckless. You are going to have crazy days and you will still know that in every situation, he loves me. So that awareness is now what causes a change in the situation. So what God's love does then is to give you a different perspective to problem. So I'm going through hell, but I know there's heaven at the other end. <laughs> Why? He loves me. I'm going through hell, but I know I'm going through fire. I'm coming out as gold. Why? He loves me. Love gives you a different perspective. He says he wants you to know. As all God's children should, there's a way that we should know. How we should know. How wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. And to experience this love for ourselves. Though it is so great that you will never see the end of it. Ah, What a love is this? Or fully know or understand it. And so at least you will be filled with the fullness of God himself. So as you abound in the revelation of love, you come into the fullness of God. So the fullness of God is burned, is birthed by the revelation of God's love. Because God's love in you is God in you. And I told you on Thursday, the love of God is not butterflies in your belly, it's Christ in you. Because God's love is a person, his name is Jesus. You got him blessed so far. Glory to God. Glory to God. So there's that phase. You're not going to feel God's love. I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. That's all you take home today. It's fine. You don't have to feel it. You just have to know it. What else did your mother tell you I love you? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Your parents have never said I love you once. But you know they love you. How do you know? You just know. Hmm. They're not sure. <laughs> it's like, some of you, you've never heard I love you from your parents. Never. They ask you, have you eaten? That's I love you. But some of us want to hear it. I love you. Actually, it's real. You should say I love you, really. Please do. Please do. Say I love you. It's, it's really important. When you start having your own kids, tell them I love you. Because you see, um, God doesn't just say it. God doesn't just um, show it. He says it. So you see through scriptures, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He's not just showing, he's talking, he's saying. And I, and I said to you, when God was going to say, I love you to the church, he didn't send an angel. Because if I told, if you told someone to tell your wife that you loved her, it's not as weighty as when you tell her yourself. So God wanted to say, I love you to the church. He didn't send an angel. He came down himself. He showed up himself. He said, this one, he's not DHL. He's not Jumia. No, I'm coming myself. He's not, not ABC Transport. Because if you hang for road, there are boss, they always spoil. <laughs> I entered one one time. I slept at around 11, 12. I came back home. Glory to God. 
fix your cars. Amen. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, God didn't send an angel. He didn't send a dispatch rider. They don't deliver I love you. I come myself. And when he showed up himself, even though he wasn't seeing it, his presence was seeing it. Because he was love himself. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, uh, I don't want to go back to it. God reduced himself to a baby to bring us salvation. The first time we'll, see, we'll ever see God, we saw him as a child. The Bible said no man has ever seen God at any time. But the first time men will see him, they saw him as a child. Even the angels were happy. Because this God is the one the Bible says he dwells in unapproachable light. So the angels were only seeing light. Even the angels had the privilege of seeing God when he became a baby. For the first time. That's why they were shouting. It says goodwill to those men. You don't get it. No man had ever seen God. Love exposed him. No man had ever seen God. Love exposed him. Love made God vulnerable. Oh God. And God showed up as a baby. And men could see him for the first time. They didn't see him in his power. They saw him in his frailty. Oh God, this is good. They did you would think, oh, God is awesome. When I see God, I will see fire and brings, I will see power. No, when they saw him, they saw him in his weakness. So he didn't look like God. So some despised him. He didn't come in his glory. He came as a baby. And they despised him. But when Paul saw him, Paul said, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. <laughs> but after the spirit. He despised him. He didn't look like love. He didn't look like God. But he was God. Glory to God. Can I do this thing today? God help me. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 10. Give me TPT first. And in his fullness, and his fullness fuels you. Now leave this part. Even though you were once like corpses. Follow me carefully. Even though you were once like corpses. Dead in your sins and offenses. Next verse. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion customs and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and walks diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. So this is showing you how, how we were before salvation. Are you seeing this? Now, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion custom. Go back, go to verse 3. And the corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. So from birth, there was corruption in us. So people think the preaching grace is license to sin. No. We came factory fitted. Grace is not a license to sin. Mm -mm. It, it came natural to us. Adam is a license to sin. Grace is the cure to sin. The moment you were born of Adam, you had license. So grace, preaching grace cures sin. It doesn't give you license. Are you seeing that? He says, the corruption that was in us from birth, from birth, was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts of our mind dictated, living as rebellious children subject to the gospel like everyone else. Verse 4. 
But God. But God. Everyone say, but God. Look at all those things they say. You see, we're, we're outcasts. We're crazy people. But God still loved us with such great love. He's so rich in compassion and mercy. Do you see? So what we were like did not change his love. But God. You would think that God would have a different reaction. After reading all of those things, he says, but God. Every time you see but, everything is changing. He says, but God. I like to say, but love. But love still loved. <laughs> Are you hearing me now? <laughs> but love still loved us with such a great love. Give me, give me the message Bible. Give me the message Bible. It wasn't so long ago that you were made in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world which doesn't know the first thing about living tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. My God. This is the message. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat, same WhatsApp group. It's a, listen, it says, it's a wonder God didn't lose his temper. Hey. No, 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 no. You look at everything. You were breathing in polluted unbelief. And exhaling disobedience. The natural thing for God to do was have lost his temper. He says, it's a wonder God didn't lose his temper. Look, when you read scriptures, you, you want to think about it. This was before salvation. God did not lose his temper. So when someone comes down and tells you God is angry with you. Hey, before salvation. This was when he should have lost his temper. He didn't lose it. Love was under control. God is not angry with you. Never has been. If there was any time God would have been angry, it was before salvation. He saw us in our mess. You see, but when God wants to respond to our flaws, he responds with love. God, listen, oh my God. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Look at it instead. Next verse. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible reckless love, he embraced us. Ha! He embraced people smoking, smoking unbelief and exhaling disobedience. He embraced them. Why? Because it's God's love that transforms you. He's not waiting for you to change so he can come to you. He comes to you in your mess so he can change you by his love. You hear what I'm saying? So God is not angry with you. He took our sin dead lives and made us alive in Christ. God is not angry with you. He should have been angry before the cross, but he said, no, I won't be angry. So instead of God to deal with those who offended, he dealt with his son to deal with sin. You didn't hear what I said. Instead of God to deal with the offenders, he dealt with his son to deal with sin. I'll say it again. Instead of God to deal with the offenders, he dealt with his son to deal with sin. The son didn't do anything wrong. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Did some of us come to God thinking God is that ancestor in your village? Shongo? God is not Shongo. He's not hot-tempered. 
reacting with fire and brimstones. No, he's a God of love. He wasn't angry. Men were sinning. God was not. How can you not lose your temper? How can you not lose your temper, God? How? How? Now, instead of beating them, he beat his son. Then guess what? He didn't beat his son. He beat himself. Because the son is the father. So, uh, God. So, he was going to beat his son on the cross. But what we call son is God himself who came down and took on flesh. Because, you see... Uh, God is spirit and he only needs a body to be physical on the earth. So when he came down as spirit, he looked for a body called Jesus. So Jesus is the body of God. Jesus made God legal on the earth. Can I break this thing to you? Jesus made God legal on the earth. God needed a body to be legal. He didn't have one, so he borrowed a baby called Jesus. Are you seeing that? So it's called, Jesus is the body of God. And that God in Jesus is called the Christ. That's why it's called Jesus Christ. Christ is the anointed one and the anointing. Jesus is the body of Christ. So when he ascended, hey, men of Ashtar, follow me now. When he ascended, hey, oh God, God, God. He ascended in bodily form, Jesus and the anointing of the Christ. And then he said, I'm going now, but I will come back to you. The person that came back was the Christ. So when he came back, he found new bodies. That's why we are called the body of Christ, not the body of Jesus. Because uh, Jesus is the body of God. When he came down as Christ first, he had just one body. But after resurrection, he had multiple bodies. So we are now the new bodies of Christ. <laughs> so we're not the body of Jesus, <laughs> but the body of Christ. Christ is God. Christ is the anointed. And then he's back on earth and has taken on new bodies. Oh my God, goodness me. So God wasn't angry with you. God wasn't angry with the believer. God wasn't angry with sin. Instead of him to deal with that, he dealt with his son. So he can deal with sin. Are you seeing that? He dealt with his son so he can deal with sin. And what do you think when the Bible says, when Jesus was saying, he said, uh, uh, um, uh, if I be lifted up, the scripture should be in John 12. John 12, um, 31. Uh, give, me, give me verse 30. No, no, verse 32 rather. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me now if you read in the if you read in the uh, old old king james this man here is in italics and so when you're studying your bible and you find words in italics it means they were not originally there in the rendition they were put there by translators so it can make sense so originally what it will be is if i be lifted up from the earth i will draw all onto me so it didn't make sense to the translator so they put men there because it just makes sense that okay if he's literal he will draw men but really, it wasn't men. And we've used this to do worship. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. No. 
Because, uh, listen, when you study your Bible, you have to apply common sense. So if he says he will draw all men to him, you will ask yourself, did everyone believe in Jesus? Everyone didn't believe in Jesus, so he didn't draw all men, but he died for all men. Hey, follow me now. You've got to think. So he died for all men, but not all men will receive him. He died for all men, but he won't draw all men. Because not all men will put faith in salvation. Remember the Bible says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as believe him, he gave power to become sons of God. So there were some people who rejected him. So what is all that he's drawing here? Verse 31, verse 31 gives you the context. Go back to verse 31. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Go down to verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all judgment. Go back to 31 again. The context here is judgment. The punishment for sin. Are you seeing this? He says, now is the time to judge sin. Now is the time for the punishment for sin. Now shall the prince of this world also be cast out. Then verse 32 now says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all of that judgment in 31. Are you seeing that? So it wasn't all men that he was drawing. It was all judgment. Because when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, remember he had a cup. He says, Father, if it's not your will, if it's my will, let this cup pass. But if it's your will, that cup was a cup of judgment. Because God is not going to put the judgment for sin upon the believer, but on Christ. That's why he can set us free. Because the one who is our lamb of sacrifice has taken the sins for us. So John saying, behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. How did he take it away? On the cross. Are you seeing? So what he had when he was hanging up there was a cup of judgment. And he was drinking it. And he was drinking it until there was nothing left. And he said, it is finished. So what finished was judgment. He wasn't just shouting. <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? What finished was the judgment of the world. The punishment for sins. He had emptied everything to himself and there was nothing left. And he said it's finished. Are you seeing that? But the beautiful thing to note in his suffering as he walked through the streets of Jerusalem to Golgotha to die was that at the garden, sir, Judas already betrayed him. And the people said to him, we don't know who he is. But when you get there, you would kiss him. And then you will show us. But isn't it amazing that, God, this is, this is, this is from something else. That, imagine that someone betrayed you. I'm sure that by now you'd have blocked them. Jesus did not block Judas because love has no block buttons. Jesus knew he would betray him, but he didn't block him. He was still eating on the same table with him. Love had no block buttons. He kept him around. And then when he came to kiss him, only no did that mouth should have dried up. No, no, no. You betrayed someone and then you came to kiss him. Jesus that had power. If I be a man of God. Amen. 
but he didn't lose his temper. Because love doesn't retaliate. If he retaliated, he would have lost salvation. He kept his cool. Judas kissed him and nothing happened to him. Judas kissed him and nothing happened to him. What love is that? You didn't see God's love there. That was God's love. And when they, they took hold of him and they were about taking him to crucify him, Peter brought out his sword and cut off somebody's ear. Jesus healed the ear. So even when, some of you, you are pushing me now, you are pushing me now. If I bounce back, you will not like it. I will show you my true color. As a matter of fact, the true color you show is your real color. Because pressure reveals who you truly are. When they put pressure on him, only love came out. (laughs) They put pressure on Jesus, only love came out. If he was ever going to kill anybody, that was the time to kill. But he said, no. Peter, put back your sword. He had the time to kill. And he would have been justified. Call it self-defense. No, 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 no. Jesus doesn't do self-defense. He didn't do self-defense. He took everything. He cut off somebody's ear. He blew, put it back. Put it back. The guys who came to arrest him. No, no, no. The guys who came to take him, to kill him, they cut off the ears. He put the ears back. How? If it was you. I, you know, not only they rate me, I they tell you now. Say, you don't know who I be. You don't say I'm not Abi. You, you, you go seek for now. You go see. Straight up now. All of them go collect. Everybody. He didn't do that. Because love has a different posture. Are you seeing this? And he didn't, he didn't retaliate. He didn't retaliate. And so in this we see how that Jesus is the good shepherd. Who is not just taking the sheep for grazing. But willing to lay down his life. Uh, give me John chapter 10 verse 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. He doesn't use the sheep for suya. He's not using the sheep for barbecue. Because you can trade the sheep for money. You can trade the sheep for meat. You can trade the sheep for food. But no, he says, me, I will give my life for sheep. How? How can human give his life for animal? No, no, no. Are you, are you getting the picture? What he said, when you put a human being an animal, the animal is worthless. So what he was saying is, in the scale of things, I'm God, you are, you are animal. But I will lay my life down for you. Because you see, the thing that happens here is this. Hey, hey, hey. The moment he lays his life down for the sheep, the sheep becomes priceless. So the sheep may be nobody. The sheep may have no price, no worth. But what dies for it will determine its worth. 
it will, it will become a different kind of sheep. It will no longer be in the fold of other sheep. Why? Because somebody died. A human died for him. And that's what we see with David. And that's why David could write Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Because he was a shepherd. And he was taking care of his father's sheep. And animals came. Bear came. Lion came. You are taking care of how many sheep, sir? Lion came. Run away, my friend. Jackpot. You go fight lion for sheep. How? We can easily replace the sheep, sir. There can be a replacement for the sheep, but if you die, there's no replacement for you. And he said, no, I'm not going anywhere. This lion will die here. And he took the lion and tore it for a sheep. The sheep no even sent David. No, you don't get this thing now. The sheep had no regard for David. The sheep had no regard whatsoever for David. But David had regard for the sheep. While we were yet sinners. Hey, Abana. While we were yet sinners, no one was ever behaving well. He was a sheep, sir. But David could lay down his life. David is not Jesus, David. How much more God? If David could lay down his life for a sheep, no, it's not God the anointed. It's David, sir. David fought a lion for one sheep. And then you talk about the one who lives in 99 to come after the one. Because in the context of that story, the story was not to reveal the negligence of the shepherd over the 99, but to reveal his heart for the one. Stop worrying about the 99. They are fine. Because it's, it's a story, it's a figurative expression, it's, it's a parable, it was not literal. So, so when, the, when the Bible says he went after the one that was lost, leaving the 99, you must understand that his going after the one that was lost was not a literal going after, it was going to the cross. So how he went after the one was to go to the cross. And so what it means was this, if he went after the one by dying on the cross, his death will cover for the 99. Are you seeing this? So he gave his life for the sheep. Sheep. Aturu, ordinary sheep. God died for cattle. That cattle must be so special. God died for animals. The Creator died for the creation. That is salvation. That is Christianity. Reckless love. He didn't die for them knowing that they would receive him. He died for them whether they received him or not. So his love for them was not dependent on their behavior. He wasn't doing SWOT analysis. Maybe they will, maybe they will not. He wasn't checking probability. No, 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 no. He just gave his life in faith, believing that we would respond. Thank God I responded. Thank God you responded. Thank God everyone here. And that's how we are here because he gave without considering. His love was reckless because he didn't think about the consequences. You get what I'm saying? How can you love so recklessly? Glory to God. 
So God's love is not logical, it's sacrificial. God's love is not logical, it is sacrificial. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, give me the KJV. Okay, okay, we can use this. Now it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have become brought near by the blood of Christ. So, uh, so what you see here is this, we were far away, but his love brought us near. So when he died for us, he didn't just die for us to give us salvation. He died for us to bring us into himself. So how did he bring us into himself? He came into us. Hey. Are you following what I'm saying? He, uh, he, we were far away, we were lost, but he brought us near by the sacrifice of his son. It was his love calling us. And that love brought us near. And so the songwriter said he didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus brought heaven down. So I, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable. I saved you, but I don't want to be here alone. I want to be. What are you saying? I don't want to be where you are. Is God singing, I want to be where you are? God wants to be where you are. So he left heaven and came down to be where you are. So that he can take you to where he is. Hey, you don't get it. Listen, God doesn't do long distance. God doesn't do long distance relationship. He moves into the believer. Let's live together. Straight up. Slap somebody. God doesn't do long distance. <laughs> it's too, you are too far. God, no, no, no. I bring you near. God, long distance near the walk. He didn't want to be chatting you. God didn't want to be doing FaceTime with you. No, God didn't want to be like, it's been three years now. God, God doesn't do long distance. So he moved into the believer. So every morning he sees you. Every morning you're talking with him afternoon you're talking with him because he lives in me the fullness of the godhead dwells in me bodily Are you get what i'm saying god doesn't do long distance glory to god glory to god glory to god so god loves you and your flaws cannot change it and sometimes you you, you think that because you started misbehaving god is not going to walk away and all of that give me Matthew chapter 14 26 let's do this together so this is a story about um, Jesus walking on water to meet his disciples. Oh my God, did I step on something? So, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it is a ghost. Next verse. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Next verse. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Next verse. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the other side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. See, it wasn't only Jesus who walked on water. Peter walked on water. <laughs> Some of you need to start walking on water. And all it takes to walk on water is the word. Because when he said, come, everything froze. It stopped being water, it became eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When he said, come, it became eyes, not water. It's not eyes, water. 
<laughs> and Peter could walk on it because he had come. Some of you, come is all the word you need right now. God is saying, come. Love is calling you, come. Just step out in faith. Because you see, when you answer the call of, oh God, this is strong. When you answer the call of love, you can break the record of God. When you answer the, <laughs> when you answer the call of love, you can break the record of God. Because for one minute, Jesus was the only man who walked on water. But when Peter answered the call, he wasn't not Jesus anymore. He was now Peter. Jesus had a record. Guinness Book of Record. Only man who walked on water. But when somebody answered the call of love, he walked on water and he broke the record. He became the first man or the second man. <laughs> Shah, he walked on water. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a lot of things God wants to bring you into, but you're scared. This is a word for someone. You're scared. God is asking you to come. Come. Perfect love cast out fear. Come. Come, walk on water. Take that risk. Because you're not standing alone. I'm standing with you. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Peter went on the other side of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. All right, next verse. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Next verse. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Look at this. And so Peter was walking on water. Love called him and he was walking on water. He was going to meet Jesus. And he was going, he was going. His eyes was on love. But he started looking away, he started sinking, he started sinking. The point here is this, you can look away from love, but God doesn't look away from you. Love has his eyes on you. You can have your eyes off love, but love has his eyes on you. And when you fall, love will reach out to you without condemnation. He didn't say to Peter, I should be able to tell you, make it look me. No, you need to hear what put your eyes. No, he reached out to him without condemnation. And Peter walked with him back on water to the boat. Are you kidding what I'm saying? You can take your eyes off him, but he doesn't take his eyes off you. Some of you think you're the one holding God. No, God is holding you. I remember when I was going back to school one time, I remember what I said, when you get to school, hold God. No join back. Hold God. Hold him tight. How, how can you even hold God? Do you know how big God is? This is your small hand. You want to hold God? No, he's the one holding you. And that's why you haven't fallen. Because if you hold God, you can let go of him. But he holds you. You can't let go of you. Are you seeing that? I don't hold on to God. I don't hold the rock. The rock holds me. You're not holding on to God. God is holding on to you. You're holding on to God. God is holding on to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's do Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39. We're still close. You're getting blessed so far. Reckless love of God. Sometimes you don't have to just... I want you to get it. I want you to sink. 
remember what I told you earlier, you can begin your relationship with God with feelings, but you have to come to the place of knowledge. Feelings alone is not enough. You're going to have that phase in your life where every feeling will disappear and only knowledge will carry you through. I don't feel like I'm a Christian every day. I don't know about you. I don't feel like I'm saved every time. Shortly after going through TikTok videos, you can't feel saved. Don't be looking at me like that. All of us are in the same way. You just be looking for Jesus. You just jam one video. And then you now stay there. Now stay there. Then you now come and say, why can't I pray? You cannot pray. <laughs> you will never ever pray. Why can't I pray? But you see, even in that place, God's love is there. It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. God be like, ah, this boy is wearing a guess. <laughs> this boy, no guess. I don't even talk to this boy. Angel slapper. <laughs> Uh, you're here one knock, your battery got die. He was an angel. God was saving you. Because when you're going, your life just go off course. But even when you go off course, he's with you to bring you on course. Of course. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't feel like a Christian every day. I don't feel like I'm saved. I don't feel like... And that's why one of us, when we come to church like this, we, when we say, let's pray, we they pray. Because sometimes that's the only time you feel like you have a relationship with God. Because all through the week, you almost slap somebody. Oh, you did actually. <laughs> no, on a serious note. I mean, look at all Jesus went through. Just you, person match, you must match back. Oh. This is Lagos, my friends, now. Where with the drag boss. No, no, no. Imagine that you are, you, you are dragging both. Somebody now drag, drag, drag. Your iPhone now fell and cracked. That bus is not going anywhere. Oh. We'll get that iPhone back. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, when you, listen, Christianity is not easy in the flesh. You will need God to do it. And until you come to that place of majority, you can't live the life of God. Outward. I told you the other time, Jesus died, lived a short life so you can live his full life. Yes. So, how he would have responded, how he would have reacted is how you expected to respond and react because he now lives his full life through you. But you can't have that fullness expressed through you if you're living you know, in the craziness of this world. It must be beyond just going to church every day. Get, 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 get. No. When you get, 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 come, I feel slap person. Why? Because this thing has not sat inside of you. It's a consciousness. It's an awareness. But not just this is it. He says, go into the world and do what? Raise disciples, not converts. You can have converts in the church and no disciples. Converts are the ones that if they shoot gun here, bah, everybody wrong beast. Disciples are the ones who will die for the gospel. You want this gospel to spread, you must be a disciple. You know what Paul suffered for the gospel? Converse don't do that thing. He will, he will run. They must left Paul. Why? Because he had loved this present world. 
We're looking for disciples. Now, then go wrong this thing. Not some wannabe Christians. Just want to feel good. AC, no day. You won't go out. No, oh, no, no joke. Somebody left church because there was no AC. Isn't that meant? You'll be shocked. So, we're not raising lily livered pussy Christians. We want people who know that. Listen, listen, listen. Paul was flogged for the gospel. Stoned for the gospel. They had no AC. You have. It's not working. You left. Come on, grow up, my friends, now. In your father's house. And there's no AC in your house. That isn't ceiling fan. It's not even standing. It's ceiling. Just, you left church because there was no easy. Where is the love of God that we're talking about? Come on, we need you to grow up. Listen, listen, guys. You can preach up a storm here. Everybody will be like, oh, crazy. SMG will fight. Bah, 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 bah. See, but there's substance in this thing that we're doing. We want believers to grow. Come to that place of maturity. Christianity is not a feeling. You don't have to feel saved. You are saved. Yeah. You don't have to feel God's love. You, he loves you. Because when you're dealing with feelings, you will never be consistent in your work with God. And let me tell you this, guys. Listen, listen. I have to say this, of course. We just started Sunday services, a growing church and all of that for the, for the mainland church. Listen to me. Convenient Christianity will never produce effective ministry. Convenient Christianity will never produce effective ministry. If logic sound don't come here to rehearse and put all the work, you will never see excellence. The same thing happens to your own spiritual life. If you're not invested in your spiritual life, you will never grow. It's never going to be convenient. You will never have perfect moments for growth. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's no perfect moment to study your Bible. There's never a perfect time. I'm waiting for you. You will never study. There's no time. You create time for what you have value for. Yes. I'm not, I cannot pray. Mm-mm. When you know you're not praying, start praying. But no, you won't pray. You'll be on Facebook. You'll be on Instagram. You'll be on WhatsApp. TikToking. When you're not, we don't have time. How can you have time? How can you have time? You see, some people think that Esau is only the Esau in the Bible. Some of you have sold your bad rights. Yes, sir. Because the, the picture of Esau is not just about the bad right. It's, it's someone who has no sense of value. Yes, so he sold something valuable for something that was not valuable. So you would rather spend time on things that have no value and trade your spiritual maturity. Now he shall be that. That TikTok is your porridge jam. Are you? Oh my God. I came for you today. Listen to me, guys. We have to listen, listen. It's not when things knock at your door, you start speaking in tongues. You have to, you're a walking fire. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're not raising babies here. We're not raising babies here. 
yeah, the chaplain said, I say, you see the work for church. You know the work. Okay, no, next Sunday. Ah. Show the eighty dabi. In this time, in this age, and you will stand with Paul in the same heaven and say, We are, we are believers. No, there are levels to these things. So. so I, I, I do not have bike money. Mm-mm, you don't get it. Jesus was not killed in Jerusalem, he trekked outside. Carrying a cross. He fell, they beat him, carry it again. No, there was no Uber. He didn't Uber the cross. There was no in driver to carry the cross, sir. You don't have driver. You don't have Uber. Start trekking. If you leave early enough, you get here on time. No, no, no. In this time, in this time, traffic is still your excuse. Do you know there is traffic now? No, you know that we all, we all know Lagos is traffic. Capital of Lagos, traffic. That's where most of us live. You leave your house for work, you spend five hours. That's your room now. You, you have self-contained there. You see there's traffic. There's no, traffic is not your issue. You just don't have value for things. You don't have, how did I even get here? God. For someone, really. You don't have value for spiritual things. You must rise to the occasion. If, ask yourself, if everyone is carrying Christianity the way you are carrying it, will it last? If everybody is doing church the way you are doing it, will it have come to you? Apostle Paul said, I'm not preaching. I don't feel like preaching today. Would there be New Testament, sir? The guy wrote the New Testament in prison. You are in your bed. You can't read the Bible that he wrote in prison. No, somebody wrote letter in prison. You are on your bed. You can't read it. You have audio Bible. You can't even listen to it. They why me, yo? They why me, really? They why me? Misplaced priorities. You they really why me? Listen, church is not for formality. It's not something you must do every week, one Sunday. No, that's not the essence of this thing we are doing. It's so that people can grow, and then you will raise other people too. Prolonged infancy, you be baby. Don't, don't be doing that thing. God. Get off from your feelings. Leave your feelings alone. Get out of your feelings. Get off your feelings. I don't have to feel like it. I'll do it anyways. I'll do it anyways. I don't, feel, I don't feel God's love. How? I don't, I don't need the feeling. I'm fine. You have to grow up. Oh God, how did I get here? Jesus Christ. I think I should just close the service here. Really, really, I'll just close here. There's the other things we did on Thursday if God helps us. But I think this is very important right now for someone. For, for all of us, really. 
for even myself talking, listen, we have to be, we have to be up and doing. Listen, salvation is not by works. Ministry is work. You did not hear what I said. Salvation is not by works, but ministry is a work, not works, work. In other words, it will take from you. It will take from you. Because one of the end part of the reckless love series will be that if he was reckless in his love for you, you should be reckless in your love for others. Yes. You should be reckless in your love for other people. And that recklessness will show in the fact that you're not, you're not waiting for feelings to do things. You come into church, you're looking for what you can do. You're looking for how you can be involved. You're looking for things to do. You don't send anybody. You can empty your bank account for the gospel. Because the one who gave his life, gave everything. He wasn't checking his credit card. He just gave. So when we say give off, you are giving like uh, you're doing God a favor. No, 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 no. Giving should come from a response. Somebody did something. He gave everything. So I will give everything, including my life. The guys who carried, there was a, there was a period called the Dark Ages. In the Dark Ages, there was no Bible. People were smuggling Bible. Some were tearing scriptures just to go to countries. That's how he eventually came to us. Now he came to us. You can't be here because there's no easy. One of the reasons I'll tell you about the churches in China. You, you people are having fun here. You see, we are doing, God is, no. Those guys are having churches underground. Underground churches, sir. That's what love is driving them to do. Underground churches, they were having meetings, sir. And every time they have meetings, police guys will show and pick them up. So they said to themselves, see, this thing we are doing, we have to find a way around it. So they said, you know what, guys, everybody go home. We'll have another meeting tomorrow. We will not tell you the address. We will not tell you the venue. If you are led by the Spirit, you will find the place. So the person who does not show up is the sabo who is going to tell police. The next day, they gathered. Everybody showed up somewhere there was no address for. And one person didn't come. I'm the sabo. No, no, no. It's not, I'm trying to know the leading of God. It's when you want to marry, you're looking for leading of the Holy Ghost. No, these guys were living the, they were living the early church life. How can you go for a meeting without address and all of you showed up at the same place? You should know that serious now. Underground churches. Pastored by teenagers. One teenager pastoring one million people. Underground. An American preacher went there to preach one time and when he got there, he was, he was bringing our Bible to, he said, no, sir. We don't have Bibles here because the police people and all of that. So he was quoting for them. They were reciting from their brains. They had memorized books of the Bible because they couldn't carry the Bible, but they had to carry it in their head. They had memorized scriptures. He said, we don't need your Bible. So one of them said to the man, pray for us that we'll have freedom like you have in the U.S. and be able to do the gospel. The man said, no. You pray for us so that we can be able to do ministry like you have because here we have convenience but we don't come to church. 
They had ACs, but nobody was showing up. They had Uber, but nobody was going. They didn't have anything here, but underground was filled up for Jesus, for his love. Wake up, guys. Wake up, guys. Get off your feelings. Get off your feelings. Get off your feelings. The gospel is not for excitement. It's for ministry. It's for ministry. Get up. Get up from feelings. I'm not here because I felt like coming. Think I wanted to come? Slept by 2 o'clock, woke up by 4 o'clock. Just keep tapping your alarm. You think I wanted to be here? No. I don't have a choice but be here. It's not my feelings. There's a call upon my life, my friends. There's a call on your life. If you sleep, it will go to waste. Somebody, God will use somebody else. Wake up, my friends. Wake up. You are in the choir. You are ushering. Take it seriously. Wake up. Your house is here. We are begging you to come to church. Just strolling by 10 past 9. It's great that you met us. We would have closed already. I'm talking to you, just nod your head. When you get home, get it. Are you guys, hey? I know you're used to the... Uh, no, it's not every time, sir. Sometimes you need to get serious. Get serious. I know because we preach the grace of God and all that, people think that this is not grace. This is grace. Because Paul said, I labored more than they all. Yet not I, but it was God's grace walking in me. So grace is released for ministry, for work, not for sleep. Oh, the grace of God, let me sleep. No, that's not grace. You are abusing grace. When you should be using it, not abuse, use it. Grace is energy. Grace is God's power in you. Use it. We don't serve God now. When will you serve God? When you are 50, doing school run. Is that what you do? When would you do it? Week in, week out. I say this and I'll just close because I, I think I'm getting a lot into this. Somebody got um, you know how that you 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 get married, you have you, you have a family and all that, and five years you don't have a key, you don't have you don't have children. And you're trusting God for the foot of the womb and all of that. One person was trusting God for a physical fruit of the womb. Another person was in one corner praying. Say, Lord, I've been born again for five years. Give me children or I die. You're looking for fruit. He was looking for spiritual children. Like, how can I be born again for five years and there's nobody that has come to the Lord on my account? God, give me children. Give me children. I want to see mindsets. It's the same church, the same God, the same gospel you're hearing, but different application. This is the church that God wants. People who are serious with what He is. Listen, if what drove Him to the cross is not driving your heart, then you're not ready for work. What drove him to the cross must be what drives our heart. 
He didn't go there for fun. He didn't go there to take selfie. He went there to give his life for souls. And the same thing must be the heartbeat of everyone who is in this room today. So we're going to get out of this place from tomorrow. You're reaching out to people. You're taking your walk with God seriously. You don't have to start praying 10 hours, even if it's 10 minutes consistently. You get what I'm saying? It is consistency over intensity. Just that. You're not competing with anybody. There's no trophy for who prays more. Just that. One chapter every day. Just that. You have messages on podcasts. You're listening to them. Just that. And then you have friends. You find a way to get the gospel to them. That's how it starts. You think we'll fill up this place with courage, shouting, gay, No. There's an intentionality to these things, my friend. You think Jesus was, was looking for water when he went to the well? Now, evangelist in Karangudeo. And the woman in herself thought that she had found the sixth guy, I'd be the seventh guy. Because at the time she had five, I'd be six. So she, she ah, this another customer. Fine guy. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Two minutes into the conversation, I don't rope the woman. Give her a word of knowledge. Straight up. That's what you are lacking. Because if you are, listen, you can be playing PS with your friends. And you get a word for them. That PS not play with the tap pad. Pa, 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 pa. Who is a maker? Guys like which maker? Mary maker, maker Robinson. You have a deal with him. Don't do that deal. Christianity is practical, my friends. Practical. Practical. I think you came here to. No, no, no. It's not by writing. It's not PowerPoint. You are writing here. Father, we thank you for this service. Our lives will never be the same. We're living here better, we're living here smarter, we're living here wiser. Our hearts are strengthened for the gospel. Our hearts are strengthened for this gospel. We take this seriously. What drove you to the cross is driving our hearts. Upon everyone here, the fire of the gospel is lighted. Our hearts are burning for Jesus. There's fire burning in your hearts. The gospel will thrive in my hands. 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 I'm coming out of my feelings. The gospel thrives in my hands. The gospel thrives. The gospel drives in my hands. The gospel drives in my hands. The gospel, amen. No, very difficult to The gospel drives in my hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. This week, there's a zeal for the Lord upon our lives. There's a zeal for the Lord upon our lives. We're becoming ministry minded. We are becoming Jesus conscious. We are becoming gospel driven. 
in the name of Jesus no more in our feelings no more in our feelings no more in our feelings we come into maturity and we drive this gospel to the ends of the earth we bring Jesus to everyone that we meet in the name of Jesus father we thank you we give you all the praise and glory for in Jesus mighty name we pray